There's so much happening in the world right now. You may have missed one of the most significant events foreseen in the Bible concerning the so-called lost tribes of Israel. In our generation, we're literally witnessing the ingathering of the Jewish exiles back to their promised land. And we're standing on the cusp of another great tidal wave of immigration, including the Jewish descendants in Ethiopia. A great prophetic end-time drama is unfolding for biblical watchmen on the walls. The Ethiopian Jews have kept the faith for millennia, and God keeps bringing them and other tribes home, wave after wave, some having endured incredible hardships to make the return to Israel. The awakening of the ancient Israeli tribes has profound prophetic and gospel implications for the future, as I'll explain. The Jerusalem Channel is made possible by viewer support. Thanks for watching. 2020 has been a challenging year for all of us. But through it all, we have continued the ministry of Jerusalem Channel. Not just video teachings and our informative news and analysis website, exploits.tv, but also new projects. But as we approach the end of the year, we need your help to keep us going and growing into 2021. Please consider a year-end gift of support through our website, the Jerusalem Channel mobile app, or by mail. And thank you for standing with us as we raise awareness of Jerusalem and the soon coming of King Messiah Jesus. Shalom, I'm Christine Darg. Bible prophecy says that the regathering of the Israeli exiles back to the Promised Land will be greater than when the Jewish people came out of Egypt during the Exodus. Jeremiah 16, 14 declares, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when it shall no longer be said, The Lord lives who brought up the Israelites out of the land of Egypt. Instead, it's going to be said, As surely as the Lord lives, who brought the Israelites up out of the land of the north, and all the other lands to which he had banished them. For God says, I will return them to their land that I gave to their forefathers. Now I ask you, why will this latter day in gathering be deemed greater than the Egyptian exodus? I believe it's because God is returning the Jews from all the nations and not just from Egypt. Did you know that God knows exactly where all of the so-called lost tribes of Israel are located at this very moment? And the book of Revelation predicts that in the last days, the Lord will anoint 12,000 believers from amongst the 12 ancient tribes of Israel. That's 144,000 to preach the everlasting gospel during the Great Tribulation period. And God knows where they're located now, and He's even preparing them now. While a great awakening is happening amongst the remnant of believers within the church, 
At the same time, a parallel great awakening is stirring amongst the tribes of Israel. They are awakening to who they are. And God is resurrecting their identities and saying it's time to bring home both Judah and Israel and reunite them. You have to understand that God is not finished with the Jewish people. Their greatest hour is yet to come when they will welcome back King Messiah to earth. And the Holy Spirit is presently activating the scattered Jewish people who will know more languages than any other people group on earth due to the fact that they have lived in every nation. God has a plan to use all of their language skills in the end times. In Jeremiah 31.10, God tells us that he is the shepherd of Israel who scattered the Jews, but who will regather his people back to their land and protect them as a shepherd keeps his flock. My husband and I were eyewitnesses to Operation Moses in the 1980s when we lived in Mevaseret Zion in the suburbs of Jerusalem. Operation Moses was an airlift that brought Ethiopian Jews home with nothing but the robes on their backs. The cost to absorb them at Mevaseret's absorption center was great. But did you know Christians helped to finance the airlifts in the absorption centers? Through organizations such as the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem, ICEJ, Bridges for Peace, and Operation Exodus. Christian involvement should be no surprise because the scriptures foretold that believers will help to carry the Jews home. In Isaiah 49:22, God declares, Behold, I will lift up my hand to the nations and raise my banner to the nations. And they will bring your sons in their arms and carry your daughters on their shoulders. The Jewish historian Josephus wrote that the 10 tribes are beyond the Euphrates till now and are an immense multitude not to be estimated in numbers. The so-called lost tribes were 10 of the original 12 tribes of ancient Israel who were deported from the kingdom of Israel by the Assyrians circa 700 BC. These were the tribes of Reuben, Simeon, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Issachar, Zebulun, Manasseh, and Ephraim. Now those last two, Manasseh and Ephraim, represent the tribe of Joseph because in the book of Genesis, the patriarch Joseph elevated his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, to the status of full tribes in their own right. And if you haven't heard, I want to tell you about the return to Israel of the tribe of Manasseh. It's just like the Lord to send a ray of glorious light to shine prophecy through the gathering storm clouds, despite the huge growth of anti-Semitism in the world. Manasseh one of the lost tribes of Israel is coming home after more than 2,700 years of exile. And as I said, the tribe of Manasseh was exiled by the Assyrians. From time to time, members of B'nai Manasseh, that's Hebrew for sons of Manasseh, arrive at Israel's international airport. Sometimes it's about 30 arrivees, and at other times as many as 300 have come home. 
By 2015, there were already 3,000 B'nai Manasseh. I've always been intrigued with these so-called lost tribes, but of course not lost to the Almighty. The story of the B'nai Manasseh is truly breathtaking. Despite being cut off from the world for more than 2,700 years, they managed to preserve their heritage, their Israelite identity, while nourishing the dream of returning to Zion. They have lived in the northeastern Indian states of Mizoram and Manipur, along the border with Burma and Bangladesh. An ancient B'nai Manasseh prayer is known as Miriam's Song, and it parallels the biblical account of the exodus from Egypt. The B'nai Manasseh strongly claim they are Israelites, and they have been studying Hebrew and Judaism. Some of their representatives have visited me and even given me a gift of one of their prayer shawls. And it's amazing to meet in person these so-called lost tribes who have been found. But also from the Indian subcontinent are the B'nai Israel, another group of Israelite descendants who are coming home. Based on B'nai Israel tradition, their ancestors migrated to India after centuries of traveling from the land of Israel through Western Asia, and these Israelites slowly settled into the Indian subcontinent while maintaining particular Jewish traditions, and they often migrated from villages to cities such as present-day Mumbai and Karachi. Now, the Chinese Jews also speak of their ancient patriarch Manasseh, which after all, Manasseh isn't a Chinese name. The Chinese Jews kept Shabbat and they kept kosher. And their story is also fascinating and thrilling. Their return is another ray of glory, fulfilling Bible prophecy. Included amongst those who claim descent from a lost tribe are these Chinese Jews from Kaifung, China. Their Sephardic ancestry were Sephardic Jews who traveled to China along the ancient Silk Road. If God can still bring back to Israel the remnants of lost tribes, he will surely defend and keep Israel in the turbulent days that lie ahead. And I'm an eyewitness. Some of these so-called lost tribes who have returned to Israel have spoken to us and greeted us at our prayer conferences. A prophetic word of the Lord concerning our generation spoken through the prophet Isaiah in chapter 41, two and a half thousand years ago, is being fulfilled. But thou, Israel, art my servant. I have chosen thee and not cast thee away. Fear not, I am with thee. Be not dismayed, I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that are incensed against thee shall be put to shame and confounded. They that strive with thee and war with thee shall be as nothing and shall perish. And if the Lord can bring back the remnants of a lost tribe, lost somewhere in Asia, after so many thousand years and strengthen them, he can do anything. I think it's amazing and so encouraging. It's as if God is saying to all watchmen, don't fear, with me nothing is impossible. Amen. Some evidence exists of a continuing identification in later centuries of the individual Israelite tribes. For example, in Luke chapter 2, 36, in the New Testament, 
Anna the prophetess, was identified with the tribe of Asher. Also in the New Testament, the book of James the Just, the first bishop of Jerusalem, who was the half-brother of our Lord, James opens his epistle by addressing himself to the 12 tribes scattered amongst the nations. This was because the Jews were not to be regarded as representing only the tribes of Judah and Benjamin, but the whole nation, including the so-called lost Israelite tribes. In fact, and this is highly significant prophetically, in Ezekiel 37, the prophet was instructed by God to perform a prophetic act concerning all the tribes once again being joined together. The Lord said, Son of man, in Ezekiel 37, 16, take a stick and write on it for Judah and the people of Israel associated with him. Then take another stick and write on it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim and all the house of Israel associated with him and join these two sticks together into one stick that they may become one in your hand. And it's happening in our lifetime. But already back in the seventh and eighth centuries, the return of the lost tribes was associated with the concept of the coming of the Messiah. It was never really forgotten. And in 1605, Matteo Ricci, a Jesuit missionary, was the first missionary to China. And what did he discover amongst other things? A small community of about 10 to 12 families of Chinese Jews in Kaifeng, China. According to historical records, the Kaifeng Jews built a synagogue in the 12th century and it existed until the late 19th century. Now then, the Beta Israel, meaning the House of Israel, are the Ethiopian Jews. And in 1867, Joseph Halevi became the first Jew outside to visit the Beta Israel, which had been a completely hidden community in Ethiopia. With wonder and shining faces, the Ethiopian Jews asked Joseph Halevi, have you come to us from Jerusalem, the blessed city? Have you beheld with your own eyes Mount Zion? Does the holy temple still exist, they asked. And have you seen the burial place of our mother Rachel near Bethlehem? Have you visited Hebron and the cave where our holy patriarchs are buried? Joseph Halevi wrote that the Ethiopian Jews were never weary of asking questions about the Holy Land and eagerly listened to his replies about their glorious history. Some members of the Beta Israel, as well as several Jewish scholars, believe that they are descended from the lost tribe of Dan, as opposed to the traditional story of their descent being from King Solomon and the Queen of Sheba. The Beta Israel have a tradition of being connected to Jerusalem. And in 1977, Israeli officials decided to apply the Israeli law of return to the Beta Israel. In fact, Psalm 68:31 declares Ethiopia shall soon stretch out her hands to God. And I believe this verse could poetically be interpreted that the Ethiopian Jews are stretching out their hands to Zion, reaching and yearning to come home. The presence of many Ethiopian Jews in Israel already demonstrates the great diversity that enhances Israeli society 
and makes the land of the Bible so intriguing and enjoyable. In my lifetime, Israel's Ethiopian Jews have written a new chapter in the saga of Zionism, and from time to time, our ministry has met with them. They kept the ember of Judaism alive for many long generations, and many of them also underwent a very difficult journey to reach Israel. Recently, the Prime Minister saluted the Ethiopian Jews for their contribution to the state on the occasion of one of their own unique holidays that they now celebrate in Israel. That holiday commemorates the dream that has come true. Because in Ethiopia, every year, the Jewish descendants would walk for days to visit a high mountain where they would pray towards Jerusalem. They would fast for the first part of the day, and then their rabbis would bless them, and then they would come down from the mountaintop to enjoy a feast together. The ritual expressed their hope to return to Jerusalem, and now they commemorate this holiday in Jerusalem 50 days after Yom Kippur as a unique Ethiopian Jewish tradition, rejoicing in their return finally to Zion. Then there are the Pashtun people of Afghanistan and Pakistan, purportedly descended from ancient Israelites. Today, the Pashtuns are predominantly Muslim, and they adhere to a pre-Islamic religious code of honor and culture. Many members of the Taliban hail from the Pashtun tribes, and they do not necessarily disclaim their alleged Israelite connection. For example, the tribal name Yosef Zai in Pashtu translates as the sons of Joseph. The Guardian newspaper reported that the Israeli government is planning to fund a genetic study to test the veracity of a genetic link between the Pashtuns and the lost tribes of Israel. The article stated that historical and anecdotal evidence strongly suggest a connection, but definitive scientific proof has not been found. However, some leading Israeli anthropologists believe that of all the many groups in the world who claim a connection to the lost tribes, the Pashtuns have a most compelling case. Meanwhile, a sea change, a notable transformation is happening on a global scale as people with Jewish roots from all walks of life are awakening to their heritage with many seeking a way back into the fold. For example, the hidden Jews of Poland from the Holocaust and a growing number of individuals and communities are exploring what it means that their forefathers were part of the people of Israel. So by far the largest group of the so-called lost tribes is the B'nai Anusim, that's Hebrew meaning the house of the forced ones whom historians refer to by the derogatory name Moranos. Their ancestors were Spanish and Portuguese Jews who were forced to convert to Catholicism in the 14th and 15th centuries. Scholars estimate the worldwide numbers of the B'nai Anusim to be in the tens of millions, and they are waking up to their Jewish heritage. I believe God himself is awakening them simply because it's his time for them to awaken. They have been hidden, dormant in the nations, but now they are coming to life. Genetic tests have revealed that 10 to 15% of 
Hispanic Americans have Jewish roots, while the percentage amongst Spaniards and Portuguese is even higher. If Israel is wise enough to seize the opportunity and extend a hand to these communities, then in the coming decades we'll witness the return of hundreds of thousands and possibly more to the land of Israel. God must know that Israel needs a much larger and more diverse team. In other words, Israel needs more Jews. Historians estimate that in New Testament times, two millennia ago, there were approximately 8 million Jews in the world. At the same time in China, a census was conducted and it calculated that there were about 57 million Chinese. Now jump ahead to the present and of course the numbers are quite different, with China being home to well over a billion persons, while the number of Jews worldwide is only about 14 million souls. This is because during the 2000 years of exile, countless numbers of Jews have been either lost or hidden through assimilation or persecution. Many descendants are now clamoring to return to the land of Israel. This development is testimony to the power of Jewish memory and Jewish destiny. The world is said to be growing smaller by the day due to globalization and growing economic interdependence. To thrive in this global village, the Jewish people will need Chinese Jews and Indian Jews, no less than American and British Jews. Which brings me to this, a very prophetic topic. In the book of Revelation, we're introduced to a group of 144,000 Jewish evangelists who will minister during the time of the Great Tribulation in the future. They are said to represent the 12 tribes of Israel, so they must know a lot of languages scattered all over the earth, and they will evangelize the world. The Holy Spirit will once again be poured out upon the earth, upon all people during the Great Tribulation. And the book of Revelation teaches that these 144,000 will be especially sealed to preach. This great company of the 144,000 servants of God will be in some ways like the disciples at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, because they will proclaim the gospel in many languages. And what will be the result? Well, we're told that multitudes will respond to the gospel of Jesus and be saved. And in the midst of great earth-shaking calamities, God's wonderful mercy and grace will be demonstrated. For all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. That day of Holy Spirit power is coming, and the outpouring promised in Joel chapter 2 will be fully fulfilled. Again, the Holy Spirit will deliver the testimony of Jesus to His servants, the 144,000 evangelists, and they will proclaim the words, the testimony of Jesus. We're introduced to them here in Revelation chapter 7, where the 144,000 Jewish and Israelite evangelists from the 12 tribes are sealed and anointed as God's witnesses. They will spearhead the gospel during the tribulation, resulting in much fruit as described in verses 9 to 14, which say, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could count, from every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes 
with palm branches in their hands, and they cry out with a loud voice, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might unto God. Then one of the elders asked, Who are these clothed in white robes? Who are they? And where do they come from? And John the Revelator said, My Lord, you know. And then John was told, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. In other words, this is the fruit of the preaching of the 144,000. Now it's important to note that the 144,000 are identified as being part of Israel by their tribes rather than being members of the mystical body called the church. In fact, the church is absent during the Great Tribulation, having been raptured. So into the vacuum steps these 144,000 preachers from the Israelite and Judahite tribes. The preachers from the 12 tribes indicate that God will no longer be operating through the church as his witnesses and representatives on the earth. In other words, the rapture will have taken place and God will once again be working through the nation of Israel because God is not finished with Israel. He will cause Israel to be a light to the nations. And if the church were present, these witnesses would represent the body of Messiah, where nationality is not an issue. So why does God anoint a new group of witnesses? Because the church has left the scene already. Thus, once the church has been completed and evacuated, God will revert back to redeeming Israel and using the Israelites. This is consistent with other scriptures on the tribulation in which Israel is once again the center of action. Hallelujah. Well, as always, I'm very grateful to this channel for the opportunity to share together with you today to believe for your blessing and preservation as well as the healing and preservation of all of Israel and the tribes wherever they are. Let's rejoice that God has kept and preserved us and the Jewish people, as well as the Israelite tribes, and that he's bringing us all to this new season in Bible prophecy. We believers today join with our Jewish brethren to believe God, the great shepherd of Israel, to bring home all the Ethiopian Jews and all these so-called lost tribes who really are not lost to God. So let's be a part of it. Let not one be left behind so go, great shepherd, through the rocks, hills, and valleys, and gather the exiles on your shoulders and on our shoulders and bring them home. We believe you for a great in gathering. Your word says Ethiopia will stretch out their hands, and we join our hands with them now prophetically to pull them up to Zion. Amen. There's so much more to share on this fascinating topic, so please check out our website, exploits.tv, which chronicles news on current and end-time events relating to the church and the nation of Israel. At our website and Jerusalem Channel YouTube site, you can watch an extensive library of videos 24-7, and we also invite you to sign up for our free electronic magazine called Exploits, based upon Daniel 11.32, which declares that 
that people who know their God will be strong and we're going to accomplish exploits, meaning we'll do the works of the Lord in the remaining time before his imminent return. Please feel free to share your thoughts with me on social media. And don't forget, there's so much more free content to explore by downloading our Jerusalem Channel mobile app for your phones or tablets. Today, I want to leave you with a thought from the New Testament to be a follower of Jesus. Follow him more than you would follow anybody else on Facebook and the social media. Every day is such an adventure following the Lamb and receiving our marching orders from him. I wouldn't trade the life of a believer for all the world's riches. Until next time, I'll always be contending for the faith and praying earnestly for the peace of Jerusalem. I'm Christine Darg. Shalom and Maranatha.